and his congregations. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, leader, councillors, officers. Uh, you're probably wondering who I am. Well, I'm a former town, district, and county councillor for Sutton Walton. And when first elected, so I predate most of you, when first elected, the first person that came over to me was Alistair. Alistair was there, shook my hand, and said, well done. Alistair was a very generous man, gave his time. He gave his time to the town. And that's why I felt that I had to come here today just to mark something, to say what a man he was. If you met Alistair in the street, you were there for 15 minutes at least. He was a man of conviction, but like Robert, he was a terrier. If he started something, he wouldn't let it go until it was complete. Um, so I have fond memories. But the point that I'm standing here for is just to say somehow we have to mark Alastair's departure from this world. Alastair was fantastic for this district council, but he also was a stalwart for Saffron Walton. So I just hope that councillors in the future remember that and hopefully can mark his passing somehow. Thank you. Thank you very much. And now we're going to change the announcements. And uh, I have a few words to, to say. Um, I've enjoyed a fantastic year. This is the chairman. It's been quite a year.
District Council votes to the Royal Opinion from two parties. High Sheriff's Garden Party, Paxton Festival, various local charity AGMs, official Munson Hill Close and Big Court, along with the Action District Council Lodge and the Royal Complete. The Costamonies Harvest Festival, member of Sunday week laying in South Norman and various communities in Not least, raised the flag for the Armed Forces Day, the Red Eye Ensign for the Merchant Navy Day, and Commonwealth Day flags. It's been a great pleasure for me and uh, a huge honour. And, uh, and uh, I trust that uh, Jeffrey Sun will enjoy it similarly. Uh, uh, so we having been elected to the office of Chairman of the Amsterdam District Council, declare that I take that office upon myself and will duly and faithfully fulfil the duties of it according to the best of my judgment and ability. I undertake to observe the code as to the conduct which is expected of members of the Amsterdam District Council.
to myself, I'm, I'm very conscious of the honour that you've bestowed upon me. I have parts that we may not have realised crossed nearly 20 years ago. And I attended my first meeting of this council way back in May 1998. And I had the merit to speak at my first meeting, which I was commented on by a long-standing member afterwards. But at that meeting, there was a certain councillor, John Davey, of Great Dunmore Town Council, speaking to us uh, in public session about Stanley Wilson Lodge. It's in the minutes. It's in the minutes. I, I'm someone who is very fortunate to have lived most of my life in Upsford. Uh, my family has got deep roots in the district. My father comes from Newport. We can trace their family history back at least a couple of hundred years in Newport. And I'm very conscious that this district with its historic towns and attractive villages is a place that I am proud to call home. So, without any more ado, I will go on to the next item, which is the appointment of the Vice Chair of the Council. Members of all talk, Councillors Richard Freeman and Leslie Wells have been nominated for this position. <coughs> the nominations have been already proposed and seconded. So I will go straight to the vote. There has been a request signed by uh, five members for a ballot for this election. If that is your wish for a ballot, we will. If that is the point of order, Chairman, then I ask for a recorded vote, please. Thank you, Councillor Ranger. The Chief Executive advises me that a request for a recorded vote takes precedence over that of a secret ballot, so according to our constitution. So that's what we will do. Councillor Wells. Councillor Chambers. Councillor Wells. Councillor Chambers. Councillor Wells. Councillor Davies. 
Councillor Wells. Councillor Mills. Councillor Wells. Councillor Morris. Councillor Freeman. Councillor Oliver. Councillor Wells. Councillor Gerard. Councillor Freeman. Councillor Ranger. Councillor Wells. Councillor Redfern. Councillor Wells. Councillor Rook. Councillor Wells. I have to speak for Councillor Wales 22. It's a great pleasure inviting Councillor Wales to come and join me.
code as to the conduct which is expected of members of the office which is
And I was struck by the fact that even though it's less than 20 years ago, there are only four members then who are still members of the council today. And they are Council James, Councillor Dean, Councillor Foley, and myself. There were six officers present. None of those are still in the employ of the council. They've retired or moved on to another authority. So it struck me that we do owe a lot, as we were talking about earlier with regard to Sir Walters, we do owe a lot to those councillors and those officers who have been before us. In terms of this year, I have, I'm, I'm proposing two charities. One is Support for Sight, which is based in Southern Walden. A number of members of my family, some of whom are here today, have been affected by sight problems, so I'd like to give them some support. I also would like to put forward Essex Wildlife Trust. Essex Wildlife Trust uh, has nature reserves at Albury Buxton, which is in my ward, and also Westwood, um, which is between Great Sanford and Thaxton. I'm not sure whose ward that is, but that's yours. <laughs> So I would like that they are conscious that they would like their profile to be enhanced. So I will do my best during my year of office. I spent most of my career in education, and what I'd like to do is to try to make some contacts between the schools and the district and ourselves. So I'll be talking to the chief executive and officers as to how we could do that in terms of fundraising or some ideas, but I'll be meeting officers on Thursday and we'll start formalising them and I'll be grateful for your support. I'm conscious that this year in particular, this council will be making important decisions for the district and all I ask is that in terms of debate, that it may be times robust, but I hope the debate will that be without happening. So without further ado, we'll move on to item eight, which is leaders' announcements. Councillor Rolf. Thank you, Chairman, and uh, it's a pleasure to call you Chairman. Congratulations. Uh, and if I could uh, just um, add my thanks uh, to uh, Councillor Davy for his uh, time as Chairman sum to be raised was absolutely first class. Congratulations. It was a great effort and uh, we obviously met each other on a frequent basis at various civic functions and the point I've repeated several times, so I won't uh, go on late tonight, but I do, I do consider uh, the role of chairman to be an extremely important one as an ambassador uh, for this council and to be a link with our communities and our particular politics sector. Uh, and I congratulate uh, uh, Leslie Wells uh, on being vice chairman Congratulations going, Chairman, if I may. Uh, I'd like to congratulate uh, uh, Councillor Subarker and uh, Councillor Simon Walsh, Councillor Ray Gooding and Councillor John Moran uh, on their success in the County Council elections. Uh, and double uh, congratulations uh, to three of them. Uh, but I'll start with Sue because hers is a new appointment. So, uh, Councillor Barker, I think it's announced today. So I can say it now, can I? 
so Councillor Susan Parker has been elected on to the Essex County Council Cabinet uh, to look after communities. I think I deserve a round of applause.
9, which is to review the balance of the Council and the recommendation to approve the allocation of seats and committees as detailed in the report. There's a proposal to increase the number of seats on the list of 41. I'll be looking for a proposer and seconder for that. Councillor Chambers proposed. Councillor Dean, I think, seconded. Yes, anyone wish to speak on that? If no, we'll go straight to the vote. Those in favour of that motion, please show. Thank you very much. Yes, Councillor Furhast. I repeat it wasn't unanimous. It wasn't unanimous. Almost unanimous. Okay, thank you. Right, we go on to 10.1, which appointment of committees and go to the Governance Audit and Performance Committee. And are there any member comments on the proposed terms of reference for this committee? Councillor Ranger. Yeah, thank you, Chairman. I actually introduced the item for the Governance Committee at the previous Council meeting. And a certain member, we know not who, I know not who, has identified that there is a clause within the terms of reference that should not be there. And this member's confined on page 24 of the papers. It's item 20Y. In terms of reference, it says, duty to adopt a code of conduct for members under the Localism Act 2011. That, of course, is a standards committee responsibility. So that clause should be omitted. Thank you. Any other comments on the terms of reference? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Yes, I would. 
Um, I think it's common cause my position on the investment has currently been agreed to, but I think after considerable cross-party discussions on the question of the investment, we established that in fact there's a lot of agreement in this house about the particular opportunity of, of low interest rates um, and investing in good assets for the long-term value of the council. I commend the council for this. But also what is the agreement amongst all parties in this state, including the officers, is a need for an investment committee. And I must thank um, Peter Snow um, and Simon Pugh for their assistance in this. And I propose, and I these are the words given to me, to call for a report to the next council meeting the proposals for the establishment of an investment committee to oversee the council's commercial investments to aspire and others, of course, and to give the advice to council and the cabinet on further commercial investment by council through aspire. Thank you. Can we have a second vote on that, please? Council Lodge. Council Howe, respond to that. Well, thank you, Chairman. Councillors, I do. I, I'm, sh I'm not sure that the Council has intended to speak to more than just the motion or simply place the motion on the table. Um, I don't have the opportunity at the end to, to sum up, so I'm assuming we're going to make a point at that point. Um, I do want to speak to the subject. I think it's worth reminding ourselves that we already have an investment committee in place, and it's called Full Council. Yeah. And on this investment committee, every councillor has an equal vote and an equal voice. Um, I've always believed that all councillors have an equal contribution to make to the value of this country, regardless of their background or experience. And we all have an equally valuable contribution to make. After all, we have each of us the qualification that trumps all others, which is that we were elected by the communities that we serve. They elected us to act on their behalf, rather than to delegate that responsibility to others. We need to remind ourselves of the government structure we've put in place for Aspire and the reasons why we put that government structure in place. We took extensive external advice on the structure uh, and the reasons why um, we had the arrangements in place were that we needed to set up a standalone subsidiary undertaking that would not be subject to day-to-day -day interference by councillors. So we, we took that decision deliberately, ensuring however that the council has a valuable and important contribution to make. But it's important to understand why we did that. It was because it would allow us to partner with companies in the private sector. And I'll let you in just see what I say, because it's not really much of a secret. But the reality is that the private sector does not, by and large, rate councils collectively very much. They think we are short term. They think we take decisions for political rather than business reasons. They think that collectively we're often uncommercial. We don't work for the greater good. And we, in fact, often seek to disrupt and spoil the plans of other councillors. Um, it's an unfortunate picture that is painted on us, and it's not one that I believe is true in my experience. Nevertheless, it is a perception that the private sector has. It's a harsh one, but it is the fact. So to avoid that, we have a clear separation. Um, we've set up a separate board of directors on which no councillors sit. Three officers, Adrian Webb, Nicola Whitman, and Richard Morty, 
I currently look for the electors, and I think it's appropriate for me at this point to echo my comments from the media today, thanking those three individuals for the incredible hard work that they put in over three months. I saw Nicola Richmond nip out of the room just before I stood up, so I, I think it wasn't in anticipation of what I was going to say. But he was kind enough to mention me in, in, in the same paragraph, and, and my, my contribution was very, very small. I'm a bank founder, and I cannot take and will not take any of the credit for this. There was an enormous amount of heavy, heavy lifting, and I did not find it. Um, we intend to strengthen the board of Aspire. Having listened to the views of councillors, um, we intend and started the process of appointing two non-executive directors. Now, it's important for us to understand that the non-executive directors are not like the non-executive directors of the PLC. They are often established and appointed to act as a counterweight to executive directors because shareholders do not believe that executive directors work in the same interests as shareholders. Our non-executive directors are intended to strengthen, bolster, and support the work. And we are looking actively for people who have experience and can assist, help, and guide the board. But it is clear to me that it's important that we let the board of Aspire get on with the job that we are charged to do. Cabinet has a role in monitoring performance, and it will be my duty as finance member to bring back regular reports to the council in the same way that I do on the housing revenue account, Treasury management, or any one of the numerous things that fall within the remit as, as, a, as a finance member. We do not, however, as cabinet, set the business plan. That is set by the board of directors of Aspire. We have a separate governance structure in place, so there will be a audited set of accounts that will go to the governance performance of the committee by Councillor Edward Oliver. Will be subject to scrutiny by Councillor Dean uh, in this normal course of events. And what I need to emphasise is that all investment decisions are taken by this body, the Council. There will be no investment unless this Council supports it. So all Councillors have an equal voice, all Councillors have an equal vote. Um, try and bring some of the experience I've had from outside to this building. And I've sat on a number of investment committees in my life. I've also acted as an advisor to a number of investment committees. This proposal may use the word investment committee, because it is not an investment committee, and we should not be fooled just because it includes the name. There are very good reasons for setting up the investment committee. If you were on the board of trustees of the pension fund, then you get to item three, which is investment portfolio performance, and item four on the agenda, which is asset allocation. You'll then find yourself often spending the next two hours debating those two items. And that represents a distraction from the other duties that the Board of Trustees would have. So for that reason, to ensure that the Board of Trustees works efficiently and effectively, they often do appoint an investment committee. But I would point out to you that as a trustee of the pension fund, if you were to transfer your responsibilities to a subcommittee, you remain liable for the decisions of that subcommittee. You would obviously have to work through the details of this subcommittee, but you would be transferring responsibility for the 
retaining responsibility. Now, I believe this motion seeks to disenfranchise the council. Before we go down this route, I think we need to spend a few time trying to work out what it might look like when it came back. We've just gone through a piece of work on political balance. So let's speculate it's either going to have five or seven members. It's got seven members, 32 councillors are disenfranchised. But based on political balance, four of those members are likely to be Conservatives, two from one of you, and one from the Liberal Democrat group. My expectation is that the Conservative group will choose our members, as arrogant as some of us are, we generally define ourselves to deciding our own members. I think it would be wrong to move from a decision taken by 39 councillors to one taken by seven. But I think we can expect that the Conservative group will probably ask the leader, perhaps the member responsible for economic development, perhaps the member myself responsible for finance. Perhaps the two leaders of the other groups will be represented on that subcommittee. But I cannot see how that is an improvement on what we currently have when all councillors take a vote on any investment decision, and it's a decision that they are responsible for. It would remove the need for briefings to members, it would remove the need for the debate. We also need to remind ourselves of how committees work in this council. Each time a committee reports, whether it's council or like, regulation or the remuneration committee, the leader stands up and says, what's the point of appointing a committee to take these decisions if we're not going to carry them through. And we invariably then endorse them. We would not participate in the same way that we currently do. We would not, as councillors, have an equal voice or an equal vote. For that reason, I will be opposing it, and I would urge any councillor who believes that they have an equal voice and an equal vote to do it. Thank you. Councillor Ranger. Thank you, Chairman. <coughs> um, I, I was struggling to understand why this motion is going to be necessary. Um, Councillor Howells has um, said most of what I wanted to say. Um, I just wanted to draw members' attention to an example of another example of how this council has handled a major financial investment and that's our housing revenue account. We had to borrow 82 million. When I first became a councillor in 2011, pretty soon was faced with the problem of having to buy our housing stock back from the government. And the housing board sat down with the officers and worked through and arrived at a business plan that could deal with borrowing 89 million, I think it was in actual fact, and how we would repay that. And the detail that we went into was immense and all that information came before full council and was voted on at full council. Every councillor had the opportunity to vote on it and the HRA account is very successful. It's given us the ability to build some more council housing and to maintain our stock into an excellent condition. I, I, I said I can't understand why, I can only think it's uh, an attempt to undermine the 2015 election results. When the people of the district <laughs> decided that the Conservatives would form the administration. And that's uh, the way it happens. And
again, as Councillor Howells has pointed out, any committee is based on political uh, proportionality. And we've even had, I think, an abstention tonight on the vote on that very principle, which worries me greatly. Um, we don't need a, six, a separate investment committee. The council is the investment committee, and as Councillor Howells said, everything will come before you to decide. Thank you. Councillor Ryans? I'm not going to uh, reiterate any more than what uh, Simon's already said because that would just be irritating um, I think, I think if we look at what has been achieved uh, with the Little Chesterfield Museum Department investment, I didn't have an investment committee at all. What we did it was open to the whole board council. We have some very good people who are inspired by the professionals, and we have some professionals that I'd say more clever than everyone else involved. But again, the vote comes back to the membership. So it wasn't necessary then, so I'm not too sure it's going to be necessary now. We're not going to be making investment decisions every week. We're going to be looking at large projects. And again, that's all going to come to you guys. So what I would like to say is, if we look at the, let's look at the motives of this motion. It's been touched on a little bit, and I'm not going to get into serious politics about the whole process. But what I would like to say, and reach out to the other guys, the opposition to the Conservatives, let's work together for the residents, for the council as a whole, right? Let's put our party political stuff to one side, right? Trust the people we've got in charge, working in us by, and some of the cabinet. You do have an opportunity to object, you have an opportunity to ask questions, we're not going to withhold anything. You seriously think we're going to take you down the road which would be detrimental to this council or the people? Really? So please let's work together. Let's put our you know, politics aside and let's have a great year supporting Jeffrey and supporting the residents. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Lennon. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, yes, most of what I was going to say obviously has been covered. But I will be voting against this motion because I feel there's a real possibility that it will could effectively limit my participation in the oversight of Aspire and any other investments. And do we really need yet another committee and all discussions over this will come before um, the council? So I urge people to vote against this motion. Yeah, that's a lot then. Thank you, Chair. Um, well, I'm not going to say anything technical. I'm going to be democratic. George Orwell said in Animal Farm that some pigs are equal, but some pigs are more equal than others. And I th find this undemocratic. I find it arrogant. And to assume that the rest of us, or the, the councillors who would not be on this committee, would know less than those that are on the committee, I think is reprehensible, and I will not vote for it. Thank you. Councillor Lodge. Seconded the motion. Do you wish to speak to it? Or Councillor Freeman? I'll reserve my uh, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. I uh, attended all of the presentations on Aspire um, and made a number of representations, as you know. The concern that I have about it had then, still do is that it wasn't something which we all chewed over, put things in a hat, came back with a view, and arrived at an investment opportunity which we all agreed upon. It was handed to us pre-formed. It was one single option, half share 
in a particular business, a particular site. Uh, and the thing that particularly concerned me, as I spent most of my life in that subject, is that if I was going to own one of those <coughs> sites, I wouldn't do it in the UK. It's not the right place anymore. There are other places in the world where you do that. So that was my concern, and I expressed it at the time. If it really had been a situation where everybody put their hat in the ring, everybody came through with their ideas, and we then filtered them in some sensible manner, there would have been a lot more opportunities in there. There would have been property, for example, housing. Everybody needs houses. They're good things to have. Yes, I know we bought my houses back at a cost of eight, nine million pounds. Well done. Congratulations. But you were required to do that. You know, it wasn't a choice. Uh, houses in this part of the world, all over the place. You know, they're, they're, you can't you can't go wrong with houses again. And there's plenty of other investments as well. So I think the council itself does not represent necessarily a good overview of the investment opportunities. And after our first meeting, which was confidential, as you know, on Aspire, I did a certain amount of research into the press, articles, newspapers, and there's considerable concern in the financial press about the competence and ability of councils to run enterprises of this sort. It's not what they're geared up to do. They are not investment companies. And we were binding this council for 12 successive elections, 48 and a half, uh, 48 years, which is 12 elections, plus a further two. And that seems to me to be a very perilous thing, because in 50 years' time, and I did at the time point this out to councils, some of you are looking very bored, I'm sorry about this, but it's important. If you go back 50 years, ask yourself what the world was like then, and how would you have predicted anything then which would have been so good now? We wouldn't have been able to see it. It simply isn't a realistic investment term. So I feel that it was, I, I don't feel that we've justified the approach that we've taken. If we'd started off by saying, well, look, here's half a dozen possibilities for investment. They all look equally good. Let's pick out of that. I would have felt more involved. But that wasn't the case. We were given one possibility, and it wasn't half of whatever it is. It was a half share in a company. That company goes bust. The official receiver takes it all. Well, we get nothing. We're left with a piece of paper. Although we get the debt. We can certainly get the debt, and 12 successive administrations get the debt. That's my concern, Jim. There are no other comments. I'll turn to Councillor Hill to reply to all. Uh, Councillor Lodge, do you wish to speak? Yes, yes, I will. Sorry, this is summing up then. Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, I can't have the feeling we've got the wrong end of the stick here, so maybe, maybe almost have to start again. I usually, I usually uh, agree uh, pretty strongly with Councillor Howell on, on, on most things. I think that. Uh, the judgment is, is, is usually pretty good. I, I, I find myself at the, the other side of, uh, of this. Um, what, it, what it's not about is, is fighting on a political front. I find Councillor Ranger's comments incomprehensible, but uh, I'll, I'll leave those aside. I just say to Councillor Rice, no, this, this isn't fighting uh, against each other. We, we do want to work together. And I think you're probably aware that amongst my team here, we, we, we had our own arguments. We, we weren't voting with a political whip. We had our own ideas, and we, uh, and we disagreed on, on this. And ju just for record, which is not actually relevant to this particular decision, but um, I, agree, I agree with the, with the, with the, uh, with, with the project to take on the Chesapeake. So now, 
where, where I think it's wrong is, and, and also democratically, I'm not, I, my vision is not for an investment committee of uh, councillors here to look at this because we are capable of looking at this and doing this work in other forums. What we are looking for and what some of the greatest investment houses in the world have is an independent investment committee. So we want an, other people, other outside people to, to look at this. Uh, you know, maybe we, we want, we want um, uh, and I, I just wonder what Councillor Barker's amusement is, but um, I w wondered if we could not have somebody who maybe has a, a, a better property knowledge than Councillor Barker and somebody who has may, maybe even a better legal knowledge. That's what we want. I'm not looking personally for a, a, a committee of, of, of us of councillors to look at this so that when it comes to that final decision being made in council, all 39 of us uh, will be able to look at it and take that view. But um, I've, I've spent 45 years investing in property, but I don't claim that I'm the expert on this. What I want is a real expert, and I do go to um, registered um, chartered surveyors to give me advice and, and um, legal professionals to give me advice. So I'm not looking for counsellors here, I'm looking for real uh, investment expertise, which on the whole we don't have here. So I'd appeal again, I'm not, not asking for a committee to be set up of uh, councillors here, I'm asking us to go to the next stage to look at the establishment of an investment committee of outside specialists who will be able to help us. So I would ask the people to, to ignore uh, voting on a proposal that I believe my colleague did not put and look at a further consideration of a proper investment council which will help us to make those big decisions in the future. Thank you. I go to Councillor Fairhurst to sum up Councillor Rolfe. So, I think that's quite helpful because uh, this debate had gone off to angles that weren't appropriate. Uh, but I guess getting back to the key point which is that any major decision taken by this council would have to be, and you'll forgive the expression, I use it a lot, they would have to be empirically based. So that means that the due diligence would have to be done. And that's exactly what happened with the proposal for the little just good research fund. Uh, each aspect, whether it was legal, whether it was fiscal uh, investment, whether it was uh, the market itself, we, we consulted with experts on that. And as Carol, uh, I won't repeat what Councillor Howell said, but I think the uh, inclusion of two appropriately appointed non-executive directors will give us that objective focus uh, to, to challenge the decision, to, 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 to give it some uh, robust thinking, which I'm sure it will have anyway. Uh, so we're within a hair's breadth, I think, here at Councillor Lodge. Um, and uh, we just simply don't need investment committees to do that because the due diligence is already built into that process. We all agree we must have due diligence, uh, but uh, I, I think there's appropriate measures being taken. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Fairhurst, would like to sum up? Yes, thank you, Mr Chairman. It's been a, a somewhat disappointing discussion, I'm afraid. Um, I came with the best intentions to discuss uh, investment committees, and the I have been quite wrong. I've also been on investment committees, and that's precisely what we need. Um, I thank Councillor Riles for his comments, because those are the right ones. I think we're all lost in our, in our um, defensive positions. My first statement when I tell them we're going to cross-party discussion. 
So we were going to stand up as to the tribalism and, 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 and avoid actually the right to resistance. We've missed the point completely. This is a big issue. It's a good issue. We're creating something good. I thought about saying there's an opportunity in the market to take advantage of, of, of historically low interest rates. We agreed on that. We also agreed in the process of investing in long-term assets to, to value and improve the quality of this council. But that's been lost in, in it's now about, about democracy and about equal voices. And you're absolutely right, we need an equal voice. It doesn't stop us having a planning committee, which is also complex. And we also still have a planning committee, and we agonize over many things. And I think my colleagues in the planning committee will agree with me that I take all sorts of different views, hopefully in the interest of the residents. That's what we're supposed to be doing. It isn't actually about the badge or tie we wear, it's about the, the better good for all people. So we didn't do that. We decided we're not going to do that because it's been proposed by the opposite agenda, the wrong time. So let's go against it. That's just silly. Um, the point of secrecy is an issue, and I have to get support to consider, but what we did is we prejudged my proposal. I'm going to go to my proposal again, just basically I highlight the point. We thank you very much, Peter, and the mm -hmm. time for this. Proposals for the establishment of an investment committee. That's all. I didn't define what the terms were. What the, what the issues were. I just said, let's consider the process. Let's go back, instead of being grand and arrogant, let's think about this before we go ahead any further with more investments. I know, obviously, I don't agree with the proposal, so you see, we don't always agree on everything. There are a number of critical issues here. And the scale is huge, the time is huge, and there's no security. But when I spoke to my spinner councils, they didn't know that. That's quite an important consideration, no security, and circumventing the, the, the shell company for, for liability. It's a sort of minor detail that any investment officer would say, hold on, there's a problem. But we didn't, because we didn't have the know-how and the intellect and the information to make that decision. I'm not talking politics, I'm saying that, pause, think about it, and ask yourself what is the right thing to do. And if we can't actually even consider, maybe it's got a point, we're all mixed up. We're so bound up in our own views.
This is the now nations of the group leaders. Those in favour of that, please show the nominations of the group leaders. With the committees. Yeah, point of Um, 
concluding the discussion on a new waste depot, uh, just off the A120, uh, and further investment in new vehicles um, is to be made this year. I think we've got some problems with the existing vehicles, so I ask councillors and indeed residents to be patient because we recognise the problem and it is being addressed. Um, in terms of uh, building, uh, during the course of the year I'm delighted to report that we built 35 council houses, including six in Caitlin's Lane and I think 29 at Mead Court, which is open during the course of the year, and obviously good progress on other sheltered accommodation, including Reynolds Court, is taking place. I think as a council we should be proud of that to look after those people who will enjoy living there. Uh, in terms of engagement, we've made progress. Um, congratulations to the group that um, uh, work with young people, I think some of whom might be in this room. Three of them are, yes. Three of them. There's some young people from the Youth Council, have I got that right? Yeah. yeah. Well, welcome this evening, and we're delighted that you're in the course of the year that you were established, and we look forward to your progress and hearing back from you. Uh, we've made some progress on the revitalisation of the parish forum um, and um, on member development, but uh, uh, we've just, um, uh, I think we have, uh, one, of the, uh, one, one of the working groups. Um, asked um, Mark, uh, Councillor Lemon and his group to move on from uh, youth uh, um, uh, communication to general communication and we want to make progress on that uh, next year. Enforcement, I know something that's very sensitive to many councillors' hearts. Uh, there is a new structure, officer structure, um, and um, we have a lead member uh, now, now deputy, so uh, we will certainly be focusing on that and, and addressing the councillors' concerns. We've made progress, uh, more to be done. As far as Stansted is concerned, um, we've given uh, a planning permission for a new uh, terminal um, and uh, we will receive a request for planning permission for tertiary education um, on, on, well, sort of on the borders of the, uh, of, of the um, uh, airport uh, land. Um, it's, got, it's going to cost £7 million. Pounds. Half that money is coming from Essex County Council, half from the Select. Uh, I believe the planning permission is coming in August. Uh, they tell us that uh, they will accommodate 530 students, 250 to 270 on a daily basis, and uh, some of the coverage in terms of uh, uh, their work will be uh, around business, including logistics, finance, insurance, uh, airport security, as well, of course, as um, engineering, particularly aeronautical engineering. And uh, I think Councillor is aware that during the course of the next year, um, well, it is certain that uh, the Manchester Airport Group will put in an application to increase the, increase the capacity of a single runway uh, from 35 to either 43 or 45 million passengers. So, uh, obviously, food um, for thought, uh, and that will be coming back to council in due course. Uh, delighted that we've been able to support the voluntary sector, and um, we did some analysis. We found that we were one of the most, if not the most, generous councils in Essex pro rata to our population, and we're proud of that collectively. Again, all this is cross-party stuff, but, um, uh, and, and some of those uh, policy groups uh, um, will support uh, one, and Council uh, Davis supports another one, uh, are very important to the glue and the fabric of our society. Delighted that Ferrycroft got up and running last year, and we're just embarking on an isolation project in, 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 in conjunction with Essex County Council. We are a rural community, we've got a population you can fit into, Wembley Stadium, um, that covers 250 square miles, which if you uh, do the equation is about half the size of Greater London. So we're, we're a sparsely populated area. Isolation, particularly amongst the elderly, is an issue, and we need to, along with a lot of other things, address that. Uh, we're making progress on broadband, but so many of the, the things that I'm talking about, obviously the work carries on. We will be announcing an investment of up to half a million pounds. 
um, which will increase the, uh, the coverage. Uh, uh, we're hoping to be above 95% by the end of next year, uh, but obviously that, so we're doing that in conjunction with Open Region BT. And we'll keep Captain uh, Ralph be reporting on a regular basis to Council about uh, the progress of that. Uh, delighted in under uh, the, uh, what is now presumably becomes an acronym, GAPT, as if you're a new committee, uh, Government's uh, Audit and Performance. Um, but the old Audit and Performance, uh, I've sat in on many of uh, your committees and the KPIs we should be proud of. Uh, we're doing a very good job in most areas, and we're not, we're giving a lot of scrutiny. Collection of rates, for example, is uh, the best in Essex. Um, and I think others are touching on some of that in a later report, indeed, in their own report. That's uh, right. So, um, in, in conclusion, um, I would uh, like to thank my fellow councillors uh, for last year, look forward to the next year. I thank officers, and uh, and I thank uh, uh, my long-suffering uh, support, executive support team for the city and many that as well. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you.
which comes into force next year, so that's something to um, watch out for. And we also recognise the importance of sustaining um, our uh, tenancies and addressing the needs of the most vulnerable people. And we've developed our first tenancy sustainment strategy, and the purpose of this is to ensure that the council has the right tools in place and that the right approach to By getting it right, we will reduce the failures that we that we have experienced. Um, and, and this is something that will be um, coming along um, shortly. And the idea is to maintain, which is quite amusing, because I've had a line put in here by Rolls, and it says, um, uh, helping tenants to maintain a home for them and their family so they can enjoy a better quality of life and live a stable and strong Three remaining tenants that are waiting on 
has an accident with one lorry and the third of the lorries had to be withdrawn from service. Um, that is why we are in the process of purchasing some second-hand lorries to add resilience and as Councillor Hyle says in his report, we are spending considerable amount of money on lorry replacements. I understand that the uh, lorry manufacturers have been very helpful, very speedy in their response to us and that discussions are ongoing because um, we would not need to wish, sorry, we would not wish to leave lorries on the road that might suffer similar fates to the first one and cause injury to our drivers, our operatives, or indeed anybody else. So they did have to come off the road. Thank you. We're on item 14. Any other questions to members of the executive? Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Chair. We've spent some time talking about political balance this evening. I have a bit of a more general and generic question to the to the leader on this. Um, looking at the, it's understood that the the governing party uh, uh, makes makes appointments and uh, would chair chair many of the committees and have the uh, uh, greater number of places on, on many committees, that's the political process. Um, if you look at the balance then for the, uh, for the rest of what, uh, what is going on here, if we look at the, um, the, the Liberal Democrat Party who have uh, four seats in total, they're, they're fortunate enough to, at the moment to have the chair of the council, uh, to have the chair of scrutiny and the vice chair of planning. Um, Residents for officers who are um, back on have 11 seats um, uh, hold zero positions. I just wondered how balanced and democratic the leader thought that this was. So we're not talking about the composition of the committees, obviously, because that's done through an item that we voted on earlier in terms of item 9, political balance. So you're talking about two positions in, in summary. I'm talking about balance. The the, uh, the Liberal Democrats, 75% uh, of their members have uh, significant positions on, on the council. Um, residents for Huddleston have zero. It seems somewhat unbalanced and undemocratic. But coming down to it, you're talking all right. Three. You're talking about three positions. You're not talking about the balance of the committees. You're talking about three individuals. So the exam question is, why are there three Liberal Democrats? I'll go through them one by one. So That's the, not the question I'm asking. Well, it is. It is the question. Because the rest, every, everybody, everything else on here is absolutely politically balanced. And uh, we, you know, in a number of areas, we've been pretty generous. Standards, 333, we don't have to do that. In terms of the LJC, uh, 111, we don't have to do that. Um, so, you, you know, I, I think in terms of general balance, we've been fine. You're talking about three individuals. So the chairman uh, was elected as uh, vice chairman two years ago. So um, that's the process there. Uh, the chairman of scrutiny was elected two years ago. And the general consensus was continue with that chairman. I've even heard it from your own members. It's fine. No problem. Carry on. As far as the Vice Chairman of Planning, this again was a collective view of that committee. The individual has probably got more experience than anybody else um, and uh, therefore was appointed on merit. Thank you. So the, the, the leader has answered the, the, uh, the question that he, that he wanted to and not, not the one that I asked. Um, I think it's um, inappropriate. Hmm? 
that the, 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 the question was why when there is an 11 to 4 uh, situation between my party and the Liberal Democrats, why as a result of our being the main opposition party, then there is not more uh, further roles and more importance given to that.
thing goes, if the, if the application goes through and doesn't go through on appeal, most of what you're talking about is where it's gone through on appeal, uh, particularly up, uh, uh, around uh, some of the uh, 1970s developments, Ross Close, which uh, is an area that I know obviously pretty well, uh, and, and I know exactly what you're talking about, but this was because it was done on appeal. When we're in control, we can control that kind of stuff, and I'm sure the planning committee, cross-party planning committee, will really focus that we don't have these little nooks and crannies that you're talking about. But I'll let Councillor Barker answer more fully. Thank you. I mean, I think the only answer to this I can make is, yes, I'll, I'll look at it. It's, it's the community safety issue. I'll be going to council council arrangement, but if you can identify the pieces of land to me, then I will look at that. We will find out who owns them. I'm surprised there are any pieces of land big enough to do anything nefarious on that haven't been built on. But if there are such pieces of, pieces of land, we will identify them. We'll find out who the ownership is. You know, if they're tiny pieces of land with a little housing portfolio, then you know, there is a process for disposing of those to somebody who may want them to add to their garden space or similar. So please contact me afterwards and we'll see what we can work through. Thank, Thank you, Councillor. Yes, I just wanted to give some um, further information to Councillor Asker on the second runway um, issue because I've recently had meetings with um, two directors from MAG along with Judith and Rose because they have put up virtually all of the housing stock that they bought many years ago and we have had, we, uh, the reason I met with them is, not, um, is just simply that obviously what happens is people get noticed um, to quit. Um, I've been to a residence meeting where there were a lot of very upset people and um, so we asked Mag to come in and meet with us to talk about the fact that they hadn't informed us what they were doing so that we were ready and prepared to deal with the influx of inquiries for um, for help with housing. So um, I think if you wanted to know more about what's being sold by uh, MAG, Adrian probably knows because he watches all the auctions by MAG, but um, it does seem that they've, a lot of it has been sold to substantial um, landlords. They've got a lot of properties. Uh, they haven't done them all, but they will have sold them all within the next two years, I would say. But certainly a lot of things will be gone. So they won't have the rooms that come on unless they're buying the Thank you. Any other questions? No, we'll move on next. Moving on to item 15, review of standards, code of conduct and procedure. And we have some recommendations here. Councillor Knight is unable to be here tonight. Um, Councillor Dean, would you be willing to take us, or Councillor Jones? You would be willing to take us through in the absence of Councillor Knight, would you? Thank you. Uh, Chairman, members, um, the council meeting on April the 4th uh, had before it a report from the Standards Committee uh, of 20th March uh, giving various recommendations for the adoption of the new code of conduct and associated procedures. Uh, an amendment was proposed on the 4th of April and rejected. Um, leaving the substantive document uh, in effect tabled for this council to make that decision. Um, the recommendations are just two. That members receive the proposal set out in this report and in the report to the Standards Committee of the 20th of March, and that members decide whether to adopt the proposed code of conduct and associated procedure. Uh, that's annexes D&D to the paper before you tonight at its meeting on the 16th of May. 
Um, so I formally propose a recommendation to change. Do I have a second, Councillor Dean? Any member wishing to comment? No, then we'll go to the vote. There are recommendations there. Those in favour of the recommendations, please show. Any against? One, one against? Thank you. It's carried. We move on to item 16. Secretary Chairman, the annual uh, report from the student committee is set out on pages 71 to 74. I think the only one that I will, well, the only point I will refer to is on page 72, where already Councillor Redfern referred to the uh, high market penetration of the building control service. This uh, subject was. Uh, Part of or main part of two meetings during the year of this committee where we uh, recommended that the council did not participate in the necessary business control partnership that was uh, subsequently accepted by the cabinet and that was not proceeded upon and in fact the partnership itself never came about. In the intervening period between the 25th of April and this evening, 
Councillor Arthur's reviewed the suggested wording, queried the proposed form of words. Um, if you look at paragraph 15 of your papers, you'll note that. And after discussion with Mr Pugh, our Head of Legal Services, agreement was reached to modify further one small part of one paragraph. <coughs> one paragraph that requires a small modification is the final paragraph of section one, introduction. If you look at page 83 of your papers, where the words attending such meetings will be inserted after with officers on the third line <coughs> of the paragraph. This has Councillor Artis's agreement. Other minor modifications arose out of the CWG meeting on the 25th of April, mainly no more than punctuation or syntax issues, except the change noted in paragraph 16 of the paper. These changes are all highlighted in red in your papers. Unfortunately, not all members of the CWG could attend on the 25th of April, and earlier today I received a note of some other points that required clarification, and Mr Pugh has agreed that when drafting the final version following this evening, most of those queries can be dealt with, and he also noted that regular reviews of all parts of our constitution is necessary. This position is agreeable to the member raising the points today. Further today, for completeness, I copied all the relevant details of appertaining to the above to the other members of the CWG who could not attend on the 25th of April, so that the whole committee was up to speed on the revisions. Therefore, members, I would propose that the member officer protocol, as shown in your papers, including the red revisions, together with the addition of the three words I referred to earlier, be adopted by this council. Thank you. Does that have a second of Councillor Chambers? Thank you. Thank you. Any questions, Councillor Freeman? Yes, thank you, Jim. <coughs> uh, it's, it's a shame that Councillor Arches isn't here tonight because he is always the best person to argue his own case. Uh, but may I refer members to page 85? Item 3, which is working relationships. Obviously, these are vital to the smooth working of this council and lead to its functionality as a whole. And item 3.1, officers and members will be guided by these behaviours in their working relationships. And the guidance is to be the range of words and not to be the opposite. It's rather like one of these psychometric tests. And so we must be, both members and officers, positive, professional, authoritative, respectful, constructive, communicative, discreet, reliable, friendly. These are all very good words, and if you've ever done any neuro-linguistic programming, you'll know that they're powerful words. I would like to add one more to the column on the left. I think it's the most vital one of the lot. They can all be summarised in one word. And that word that I would add, Chairman, is honest. Honest is the most valuable thing, and it's why most of us were elected, all of us were elected. People put a cross against their name for us to be honest, and we expect officers to be honest as well. If you can't answer a question honestly, then you simply say, I'm sorry, I cannot answer that. You've retained your own integrity, uh, and you haven't um, broken the trust put in you, either by your employer if you're an officer, uh, or by the voters if you're uh, a member. So I would like to add just one word to the left-hand side, which is honest. The sad thing is that the right-hand side then becomes dishonest. We always find an alternative to that. But I, I, would, I think it would be a better um, table if we could have that one word at the bottom. Yeah, Councillor Ranger, are you happy with that? 
I have uh, no deep-seated objection. Um, I just fear of ulterior motive, but that's the path of the court, so I'm afraid to give you. So the motion has been proposed and seconded with the amendment of one word, uh, honest. Those in favour, please show. Right, um, we move on to item 19, matters received about joint arrangement. There are no matters have been received, so we go on. 20, item 20, Councillor Barker. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, Chairman, I do apologise that this document hasn't actually been produced with track changes. The last one was, so I think it's, it's much easier if members can see what's been added or deleted from the the document, so I would ask that in future any policies like this do have the track changes. Um, however, there are only a very few minor changes to this policy. Um, the government policy is subject to a three-yearly review. Uh, minor revisions to the policy have been made to change numbers, dates, addresses, and the more substantial changes and additions have been made to reflect the need to protect children and vulnerable adults in our communities. These amendments have all been agreed, reviewed by the licensing committee and I propose the policy is adopted, Chairman. Do I have a seconder? Uh, Councillor Kelvin, myself. Any comments to Councillor Barker? In which case, we'll move to the vote. Those in favour, please show. Thank you. 